If you love all things gardening, why not join us at our Spring Fair from the 3rd to the 5th of May at Bewley in Hampshire. You'll find everything you need to kickstart the season. Find out more at bbcgardenersworldfair.com. See you there. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Hospitals can be frightening and emotional places. So anything we can do to make the visit an easier one is a good thing. I've seen firsthand how hospital gardens can really help on so many levels. Patients, visitors, staff. So, should every hospital have a garden? Hello, I'm Adam Frost and today I'm chatting to two people that I already know. Dr Maria Long and Alice Cornwall, who's Community Development Officer for the RHS. So I first met these two when I was designing a garden for University Hospital Lewisham. So the three of us really appreciate and understand the importance of green space for hospitals. Hello, ladies. Um, thank you for coming in. Um, Maria, Alice, uh, Maria, you've just done a, a two-night shift in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, if you don't make any sense at all, it doesn't matter. We've sort of, we can put that up front that you've had no sleep for the last couple of nights. And Alice, I met you probably... 18 months, two years ago. You just yeah. started at the RHS. And Maria, obviously, I met you at the hospital in Lewisham. Yeah. Um, before we get stuck into why gardens can help hospitals in so many ways, it would be lovely if people understood, I suppose, your role in the hospital. And then I'll ask you another question. And then, Alice, you tell us sort of what your job is in the RHS. And maybe within that, that passion for gardening that I know that you've got? Well, there's certainly an enthusiasm. Um, <laughs> I am just a novice gardener, but just I fell in love with it a few years ago when, you know, we first got our own green space and we got married and we got to pick out flowers and got really into gardening since then. We used to sit in front of Gardener's World actually with a notepad and uh, make notes and plan our garden. But um, always loved gardening and enjoyed it and found it such a peaceful space to be in. Because your day-to-day job, yeah. you are... I'm an anaesthetist. Yeah. yeah. And, and to be fair, when I first met you at Lewisham Hospital, it, it blew my mind. I mean, I, when I met so many different people. But actually, in reality, the garden that we then went on to create at Lewisham Hospital... You're taking sort of. You don't tend to take a lot of credit for this, but you were the one that that pushed for it, weren't you? I mean, Alice is nodding, so yeah. you're <laughs> straight away. You were, weren't you? It was certainly something I was uh, very keen and passionate about getting going, but it actually involved so many people and so much support, um, and that's how it came about. It was never just. Uh, one person. <laughs> I don't think Alice and I really agree with that. But that's just very um, just. And actually, but to be fair, the group of people that I first met, um, it was right across the hospital, wasn't it? Yeah, there was huge support for it. Even before there was a garden, people were signed up to a garden club before mm. anything existed. There was a lot of enthusiasm behind it, and it, there's um, a dedicated uh, group of garden garden club members and community members that come in and contribute to the garden now and enjoy it and use it. Yeah. And and Alice, just tell us a little bit about, you know, your job 
and how you got into it, I suppose. And Yeah, sure. So um, I work in community outreach for the RHS. Um, we're a small department where we enable green space in a whole group of things from schools to community groups to now hospitals. So this is the first RHS healing garden and it's one of many that we hope to do around the country. Um, so I, um, from developing horticultural skills for volunteers who want to maintain the garden, to have that longevity for three years, I teach every Tuesday 10 till 4 horticultural development lessons and then I have developed a wellbeing program for three years, which incorporates that nature connectivity with the wellbeing and the whole encapsulation of the nature and wellbeing to make sure staff have that workplace wellbeing aspects. So we do things like yoga, gong baths, wellbeing walks, forest bathing, and then that develops into the love of gardening. So it's not just about growing the perfect leek in the garden. It's about making sure people feel comfortable and in somewhere that they love to be in the garden. So I work with yeah, local volunteers, with um, other community gardens. So I've developed a forum of about 11 gardens in Lewisham that's surrounded all around wellbeing. And we meet up every few months to chat about how we can help each other and support each other. I'm working with some disability charities, mental health charities, the mental health unit, to all get everyone into the garden and gardening together and make it a real hub for the, for the borough. Yeah, and I think actually I realised um, when the garden opened, and I don't think I had until then, and you probably slapped me for this afterwards, but, um, you know, we'd created the garden. I realise now, creating the garden, we were leaving you guys ultimately with a garden. In a, in a child point of view, we were leaving you with a toddler to look <laughs> after, but leaving you with Alice, i.e. the RHS, you know, putting you in that position, you're probably one of the most important parts of that garden now because ultimately that engagement, that moving it forward, that caring is is what a garden is all about. So it's 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 great that, you know, that charities are out there creating gardens, but having somebody that there is there afterwards to help guide it is sort of it's clever really, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. And to see the different elements, having like art therapists in the garden, using it, looking at the seed pods and then creating a whole bit of artwork with staff um, and then putting it on the wards in the hospital, getting our own herbarium team from Wisley out, pressing the garden for three years, then that being printed and put on the wards again. So it's bringing the garden into the wards, working with patient groups like a neonatal patient group and a dementia patient group, bringing them outside and really feeling like that this garden is for everyone. And it has really helped staff already. I've um, We've had participants figures of about 1,100 people just from when the garden started. Wow. So it's a huge, it's like ballooned. It's so, so lovely to see. Um, we're working with a chaplaincy, having mindful meditation Mondays in the garden, which is a whole, like, to get staff to unwind and realise that they need well-being. That's been the biggest thing, is people are, oh, I don't, I don't know, it's not for me, like, as in they think that they don't deserve it. So it's amazing to for, to give them something. Yeah, and you can see that on your face as, you, as you're talking to me. So but if we rewind, all yeah. right, so we're going to rewind back to lockdown. Um, I've yeah. spoke to some people at your hospital now and, and that full understanding of, of how chaotic, you know, that time was, how scary that time was. Um, 
for for not only us but but for you guys in the hospital and and really the garden we started to create more or less as we came out of that time didn't we so what was it that that started those first conversations with you your teams to say actually why don't we pitch for one of these RHS gardens well uh, it's really interesting, actually. The context in which this whole garden came about was actually probably one of quite a dark place yeah. during the pandemic. Just thinking about it now, um, what it was like for the general public, for all of us, being isolated, a virus you know, that had a relatively high mortality rate. We didn't know who it was going to affect. There was no vaccine at the time. No one could see their loved ones, elderly relatives, people you know, perhaps with limited prognosis couldn't be out and using that time as they wanted. And then within the context of a hospital, so staff not only had they, that kind of aspect of to deal with in their personal lives, people they couldn't see, their loved ones and all those concerns, but within the hospital things were very different. People were pushed into different roles. You know, we were in PPE, wearing masks and goggles and gloves and we lost the human aspect of healthcare altogether so we were often caring for people um, that were dying without being able to hold their hands with skin-to-skin contact for them to see our eyes and our facial expression or hear our voice properly it's very difficult to talk with and hear each other with yeah. those masks so it was quite a chaotic time and and there was obviously uh, you know people were seeing young and usually well people sometimes, you know, passing away. So um, although we're used to seeing death in a hospital, it wasn't on the scale that we were experiencing at the time. And Lewisham was one of the first hospitals to uh, get COVID patients um, when the pandemic first started. So it kind of hit us quite early on. And it was seeing the kind of burnout and at times, despair on, you know, many of my colleagues' faces. And people were still um, pulling together and making very rapid, incredible changes, to be honest, at, at such a difficult time. But despite that, you could see that it was, people were struggling. And I was very fortunate. I got to go home to my family. You know, I still had the fears of bringing it home and things. Yeah. But I, when I wasn't working, I had a green space. I had my garden. And I had somewhere peaceful to be and unwind. And I recognized the value of that space for myself. And I wanted to be able to give that back to the staff, you know, and and the patients if they were able to it at work on yeah. site. Um, so I did start asking around about, you know, what I was allowed to do, where I, searching for spaces, seeing what I could gather, trying to contact people to donate items or seedlings or, you know, whatever they could. Um, and as I did, I also sent out a survey to staff to see if there was interest and what they would like from a garden, how it would benefit them. And um, support just kind of started evolving and gathering pace. And, you know, in just a survey of 200 people, like we had a, a significant number of those join up to Garden Club before we even had a space yeah. that we could use. Before you even had a garden, yeah, brilliant. So there was huge yeah. support for it immediately and, and clearly a huge demand and also recognition that um, the community around us, you know, at the time when it was so hard for us, they were such a great support, just with messages of support and sometimes, you know, food parcels and things like that, that it really helped get us through 
those really difficult times. And, you know, as part of that appreciation, a garden would be something that could, you know, bring us together and continue that relationship that had developed over the pandemic. Yeah, because that word, when I first met you guys, the garden wasn't just about patient staff, you know, ultimately it was about the community as well, mm. wasn't it? And that your role in a sense in that engaging. But but you had to sort of semi pitch for this garden, didn't you? Yeah, I, I had to approach management and yeah. it, it was really helped by some of my senior colleagues. I have to mention Mick Jennings, when, yeah. an intensive care consultant who was very helpful in opening doors or at least getting getting ears yeah. <laughs> to listen. Um, so it did take a lot of time. But um, one of the emails I sent out to try and get support was to the RHS and it wasn't actually for funding. It was for um, we had all this support, we had in, all the enthusiasm and we had collected a few bits and bobs together that we could make a garden from, but we had no idea how to do that. No. And so we're kind of lacking the expertise and the ability to design a garden. I mean, you know, I, I remember a few of my colleagues and I, a team of us that were interested in trying to get this done, um, measuring the green space out that you came to see. Yeah. Um, in paces because we had no other way of doing it. And so that contact with the RHS then, how did how did that build to sort of create the garden? Um, I was really surprised. One day I got an email out of the blue um, and that just said, you know, we received your email and we'd be really interested in helping you. So I was thinking, oh, brilliant, you know, maybe they'll help us, you know, decide what order to do things and maybe advise us on plants and help us design something. And um, once we began talking, I realised that what kind of support they were offering, including, you know, I mean, Alice, (laughs) (laughs) which is a godsend. And and actually, one of my that was one of my biggest worries was how will we know what to do with it Mm. once it's there anyway? Um, So it was you know, all sorts of things. They they provided a structure to build the garden. So it was the design that was amazing from yourself that yeah. took into account, you know, all the things that the staff, need, you know, had requested and talked to you about and that you heard about. Um, and um, the funding and then plans for longevity as well. Yeah. So it wasn't just a matter of, you know, plonking a garden in an NHS space and saying, here you go, you know, do what you will with it. It was... It was something that had all the support and investment from within the hospital and the community first, and then a garden, but supported in such an amazing way by the RHS and by yourself. So I, I mean, I couldn't, <laughs> I mean, in my wildest dreams, imagine that this was going to happen. It's interesting, isn't it? Because your conversation was going on with, you know, people like Andrea, you know, who runs, in a sense, the community sort of department, really. And then Andrea picked up the phone to me and said, you won't believe, I've just met this young lady and blah, blah, blah. And she's more or less on the tears when she's telling me on the phone and my hair's in the back of my, you know, I put my phone down and explained to the girls in the office and the girls said, well, we'll have to do it, won't we? So we phoned <laughs> Andrea back and then we said that we would do it, you know, and and actually in reality, then I came down and met and started talking. And, and even with me knowing knowing the power of gardens, I think I was blown away on the first, because we were still wearing masks and everything at that. I was blown away at the first sort of 
that first visit and meeting everybody. And I suppose that was on that point, you know, when we did that sort of, that was your first or second day when we went to actually visit and we had a little sort of class, didn't we, more or less, yeah. to say, you give us some ideas about this, this and this. And and I can't remember at that day, I heard how many different languages were used in the hospital, mm. which was, was it, was it in the 40s or 50 different languages yes, or something? Yeah. You know, so a completely and utterly multicultural hospital and I reckon there was a representation in that room from most of those yeah. In, yeah, and we they had this little class in this chat what did you go away with Alice from from that day because it was your first day at RHS I want to impress <laughs> I want to be this because I got on a train and went oh my we've started something here yeah. this is like boom amazing but what was yeah. your reaction I think for me it was I, I'm, I wanted to please everyone as well. I wanted to make sure everyone felt part of the garden from being there and getting their words said and making sure that we delivered what we wanted to deliver as well. And hearing it wasn't just I physically want to walk around this garden, but how they felt into the garden, what meant something to them right now. A lot of people said, obviously, everything that's been happening, family and friends was their main priority in life right now. So how do we then put that into the garden so then they feel like they've got a home there as well? So it was a whole trail of thoughts that was going yeah. through my head after that and then trying to start the, OK, for three years, what do I want to give to the staff and how do I co-create all the workshops so that it's completely tailored to that hospital and that community? Yeah, which is, I mean, I, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I got home and had a good ball, mm, really. Yeah. And I, I knew the, the NHS were doing a lot and I suppose... During that time, as you know, my wife had been really poorly and then one of my kids had been really poorly. So it was just my little way of going, oh, thanks to the NHS. I didn't really realise until I got on the train that night how much you guys were doing for the nation. I don't think, you know, I know there was a lot said about it, but when you were stood in that room with those people, you could feel, you know. So on that sense, I go home, we start to create this, this garden. There's lots of conversations going on. We create it, you know, and I'm a designer, so am I satisfied for it? I think I could make it a little bit better. But what do you think that it's brought to the... You go first and then I'm going to follow up with it. So, Maria, what do you think it's brought to the hospital? Oh, so where do I begin? So much. I mean, just knowing that the garden was going to be created and seeing it in progress, the excitement and the sense of it kind of reinstated a sense of belonging and, and feeling valued by the staff, that there was something there, you know, not just for us, for our community and for our patients, but for, you know, a place that we could use too. And and I think that kind of united us all again and you felt a sense of excitement in, the, you know, Alice and I um, were in the canteen doing a sea giveaway just to let people know yeah. about what was happening and what was going to be happening. And it was so so lovely to hear people's responses and their enthusiasm and and how excited they were and how surprised and happy that something like this was happening to them in their trust in their hospital in their community how they were so amazed and awed i think by it 
and just really humbled. And in the following weeks after that seed giveaway, I'd hear, you know, chatter in the corridor about, you know, oh, how's your courgette seedlings doing? Or, you know, just comparing, oh, did you see I tried mine in um, toilet rolls? Or, you know, so it was really nice to hear um, staff, again, from different departments. Yeah, yeah, all talking and comparing. And it was the, the one thing that was bringing them together was gardening. And then in the developing of it and being able to plant it up, you know, just, you know, planting, for example, the wildflower garden, you could hear the kind of conversations that were happening about what brought people to gardening in the first place, why they enjoyed it. And then, you know, just a bit of a story of their lives. And it was just a really nice moment to see people being able to connect like that, who would ordinarily have maybe just passed in the corridor. So it's had the ability to, you know, I think bring a sense of belonging, unite people, and it's just um, it's just been a wonderful space. It's and affecting it, people, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, you said about the planting bit. I, I was can't remember where I was. I was obviously somewhere doing something. So my oldest daughter, yeah. Abs, who runs the office, she came down with Polly from the office. Well, you couldn't shut those two up the following <laughs> day when they got home. Yeah, you know, and they were they were they were moved, and they. Mm. You know, so, you know, I, mean, I was just saying, well, we've just signed up to do three more, but it's driven by Abby and, and Polly in the office going, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, we've got to help, you know. So it's incredible. But so for me as well, it's not just going to be the staff and bits and pieces. It sounds like for you it's going to be the outreach and the community. And, and I suppose with you, how how have you found it, you know, people engaging with the space, Alice, so far? Yeah. I mean, it's been overwhelming to be honest Lewisham's an incredible borough for community groups for charities for support networks and so already in what nearly a year we've got about 42 different partners different charities already engaging with the project we sent out 500 herb kits to different isolated individuals so that they can start growing in their own houses and then to know that there's a garden there that's 24 hours access lighting CCTV so they can feel comfortable in that garden and there's a housing estate opposite which they've made a tiny little like support garden for their residents and now they know that when the veggie area starts being built that there's going to be another place for them to grow their vegetables and to teach their kids and again with the patient groups working with um, mums with postnatal depression and postnatal psychosis being able to help support them grow for their babies and getting sensory plants in so the kids can start feeling plants before they can talk that element as well as seeing like kids just using the garden relaxing and it's not just about using the garden to garden it's seeing so many people just sitting there having lunch and on a Tuesday I on my gardening club that I run I have about six volunteers that are dedicated there for about five hours Um, They're people that volunteer in the hospital as well as staff that come in their lunch breaks and then just to sit with them for an hour and have a cup of tea and chat. That's the most beneficial and that's that's what it's about. That hour of just like chatting in the garden is so lovely. Yeah, you two are so, I really wish I could encapsulate the energy and then (laughs) send it out through the airwaves because you'd you'd have the nation just basically off their feet doing stuff and you'd sort of trick my little head people in in there enjoying it I can remember when we got there and we were meant to be designing and they they walked into this that main area you know with the with the tent there that had been put up in um in lockdown this sort of little tented space for people to go to and then there was a bit along the side of the, the mental health unit and it was all fenced off slightly overgrown and I said well, what about that down there? 
And who go, well, no, that's not really, you know, part. What do you mean it's not part of it? Not part of it. It runs along the river. It's awesome. It says so. That got added on. And I remember the opening, people turning up and saying, I didn't even know that that bit existed. And, and all of a sudden we were creating a route, weren't we? And, yeah. and I think that bits like that, I would imagine now, mm. slightly shaded through the hot weather of the summer, people are being drawn to. and Definitely. And it's also helped patients in the mental health unit. I've had yeah. such great feedback from them saying that they love seeing the garden develop and they're coming out with their OTs to do workshops in the garden Fantastic. in their own time. And that's just been amazing, connecting all the trust, connecting them with the, back into the community. And when the veggie area comes, a section of it will be for them so they can come out and plant and it, they will take ownership of that section, which, again, is another element of the gardening ownership and seeing things nurturing so that then you have something to look forward to. So it's that element as well. Yeah, because, I mean, you're, you're talking about the veg area because, actually, we're only halfway through building this garden in a lot of ways, <laughs> aren't we? We've still got the veg area to go, and, and so that really will get, make your job, I suppose, even more enjoyable because you're going to engage on, yeah, you know the eating and the growing and exactly. Well. So I'm calling out to staff at the moment to see who wants to be part of that, so that we can ha have a whole network of little nurseries in people's homes. So then they develop the seedlings. Then we put one in their house, one in the garden, so then it all connects up. And cool. And and when the opening, I met a, um, two or three lads that were working mm. locally with with kids. Are they going to sort of come back in and yeah. be part of it? Because that was a conversation as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Young Lewisham Project. They um, are an incredible project, and they actually came to Wisley a few months ago. A few of the kids, and they some of them have never left London. So then coming there and showing them what they can grow in their space, and then they will be helping to develop the uh, the beds, the veggie beds, and then they will become a nursery because at the moment we don't have a polytunnel in the garden or anything. So they will become a little nursery and then it's that element of kids developing for their community. So it's that side of it as well. Yeah, wow. And I suppose for for you, Maria, you know, going forward, what's your, you know, what's your, I suppose, your hope for the garden? Just that it continues to kind of evolve and develop uh, and be used by the staff as it is already, and that our community engagement is, I mean, it's incredible already what Alice has done, but um, um, for that to just continue and expand so that the staff and community are really involved. And so the hospital isn't just, you know, a place where people go in they're sick. It might be a place, you know, that the local community engages with for a positive yeah. reason. Yeah, because actually for me, I think one of the things that, that I wrote down on the first consultation when we when we walked around was the fact that the the mental health unit was obviously which is fenced fenced in but but people would would leave the mental health unit you know when they were better they would go away but actually they would come back and see a friend and lots of the time you know that might be just walking into that space and trying to talk to them through you know through the fence and and for me that idea that somebody would want to come back to the place that but in a positive way and and f treat it as a as a safe place that for me i don't know you does that feel right in that that you hope that space becomes absolutely a, yeah. yeah to develop a space that kind of feels home familiar safe like a green space that offers comfort and it's a very kind of in, you know comforting and reassuring place to be 
Yeah. And do you think, honestly, I mean, I, you know, I, it's something that for me going way back when, you know, I knew gardens fixed people or they had the ability to, or at least you could facilitate the way you're describing, Alice, in that actually it doesn't necessarily have to be your gardening. It might just be the setting for all the other things that you're engaging people with. But within the NHS and I suppose within wider society, do you think now you know, people are really, really getting it. Because I could go back 10 years even and I would talk about the power of a garden and, and most people in the room would go, what's that nutter on about? You know, a garden, really? You know, I would go out there and we'd do some work and this, you know. You're in it every day. You're in it every day. But you come in and say, what do, what do you think, hand on heart? Do you think it, you know, it, it's being talked about more? I do. I definitely do. And I think there is it is definitely a, a recognised thing that gardening is good for your health. It's good as a physical activity. It's, it lowers your blood pressure. It improves your mood. It's good for mental well-being as well as your physical well-being. And there's building evidence for that as well. So I certainly think it's becoming more talked about, but not widely enough. So should every hospital in this country have a garden? Absolutely. They should have some kind of green space that patients and staff can access and perhaps something that unites them with their own communities. So, yeah, see, I think we should put you in charge of the health service. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't you No, agree? thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll stick to putting people to sleep and looking after them. Bless you. And what about you, mate? What about you? I mean, how have you sort of... Because obviously you've gone there, you've now experienced it, and probably like me, you were nodding and saying people didn't get it you know, when, how do you feel now? Do you feel positive moving forward? That Yeah, I think it's definitely, definitely improved like people's attitude towards it, how it does help your mind and how it does help your physical self. And I think also the helpfulness of um, kids being into houseplants as well, getting them engaged in their bedrooms and then go, oh, hang on a minute, it's just the same but outside. And then that connectiveness as well and bringing in forest bathing and that's starting to become recognised and there's a lot of research behind it, which we're doing with the RHS as well. We've got fellows looking into the well-beingness of looking at a plant, the different colours, how that can affect your heartbeat. And I do think it's only going to become more positive. We just need to look at Japan. I mean, they're the hub of, they already prescribe it. They've been doing it since the 60s. So it, it is all there. We just, yeah. We just need people. to engage and do it, yeah, don't we? Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree with you. I think that in reality, you know, interestingly, when you go to Japan, though, and I've been lucky enough to go there and, and garden and create gardens with them, but there seems a innate connection to their to their landscape. You know, it's important to them, and I think maybe that's the next thing with us is, is you know, young people like you keep spreading the word. You know, because I think then it's just going to get bigger and it's going to grow and and become more important. Definitely. And I think it's early on. So I was lucky that the school I went to, we had a school farm. So I did trials on veg from like the age of 14 to 16. And so then I was lucky that I was already embedded in that sort of niceness of green space. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. it's that early on intervention. So so for somebody that, that wasn't necessarily into gardening, you know, but they ended up in a hospital environment. You know, how would you then go and say, come with me, come on? What would be your first sort of port of call just to get them out in that space that you know 
is going to help them. But actually, they're going. No, actually, do you know what? I'll stay here in the warm with the, with my coffee or this and the nice doctor that comes around and see me. What would, what's your first sort of port of call? I always think start where people feel comfortable. So, like if it's if it if we do have the access of doing something, we've got a lot of individuals that are, were isolated before the pandemic. So starting with Zoom workshops or Zoom chats about gardening, where then they can garden at home, and then they go, oh, hang on a minute, like this this is also outside, and then getting them outside and and looking around their community by doing a walk and spotting things that they like. And then maybe how can we grow that in the space and that side of it? Also putting in fun plants like carnivorous plants and having that element to it or or you know what you're eating, you can grow that. Or things what I did yesterday in my gardening club was we cut up lemons and limes and oranges and then we're having a competition to see who's germinates first to make a lemon tree. So it's that side of it as well, what, what we can garden from our cupboard, like pulling out a ginger root and going, oh yeah, let's see whose grows first. So it's it's enabling what people have already got and what they're comfortable with and then, yeah, getting that ball rolling that way. But, you know, standing, sitting there listening to you, I know you work for the RHS, but actually I'm thinking she should be employed by the NHS, shouldn't she? Well, that, in I mean? the ideal world, the yeah. NHS yeah. would have someone like Alice at yeah. every trust. <laughs> I think for me it's a bit of a, a no-brainer. And, and if what we're talking about, you know, does develop and move forward, you know, people like you for, you know, occupational therapy, if we can get to a place where so many more gardens... It's just a no-brainer. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> so do you agree every single hospital should have a garden? Absolutely. And do you agree every single hospital should have an Alice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. I tell you what, girls, you've sort of... Uh, all this podcast series has been on, you know, health, well-being. Um, you both have given me goosebumps more than I don't know how many times just through this conversation. So thank you both for coming in. I'm sure the people that are listening just want to thank you for what you're doing. I Obviously, we'll keep in touch. We'll keep working together. And it'll be lovely to come back to the garden once the veg garden is built and do a bit more. But I think just thanks both for coming in. But thanks both for being you. Superb. <laughs> thank honestly. you so thank much you. for helping yeah. create it. Brilliant. Definitely. Hello. Yes, I'm back. Wow. Those two young ladies are absolutely amazing. But also that sent me thinking. Um, it's fine for something as big as the RHS and me to help create a garden. But how do we, just as individuals, I suppose, or smaller groups, help our local NHS hospital to try and affect any green space they've got, but even if they haven't, can we do something that just helps engage, whether that be community, patients, staff, whatever it might be. So what I did is I went back to Alice and said, Alice, please, please help me. And she did. And we chatted through actually what could you do? Well, the first thing you could do is you could volunteer at the local hospital. Hopefully, it's got a garden. To do that, all you need to do is contact the NHS volunteering service and just see how you can get involved. You know, they might already have a green space. They might have a gardening club. You can go there and play your part. 
So that's fine if there is a garden, but what if there isn't? Well, you could still play your part in greening up the hospital. Obviously, you'll have to get permission first, but you could encourage staff, departments to maybe take ownership of a series of planters that were around the hospital. Maybe they could all have different themes or feels to them and then create a map, a well-being walk that draws the patients around the hospital. And you know what it's like the moment you've planted something up, not only is there an internal sort of, I suppose, a joy and a certain amount of satisfaction. But when you see a pot, you know, sat maybe at the end of a corridor or out just outside a door, it puts a smile on your face. So there you go. So that's another one for you. And then finally, if you want to go big and maybe start to drive the creation of a garden at your local hospital, contact the NHS charity or even the departments like the chaplaincy and see if there's a space, if there's something that they've got an appetite for. Even contact NHS Forest to seek help. They have got so many great resources that might just get you started. So there you go. I hope that helps. But next time you're at the local hospital, have a look. Is there an opportunity just to play a little part? Because I can promise you the difference that garden has made at Lewisham has absolutely blown my mind. And I cannot wait to get involved in the next two or three across the country with the RHS. Anyway, look after yourselves. Be good. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And we'll see you next time.